Hello everyone, welcome to the Lucky's Peach Podcast. I'm your host Rachel the Lucky Peach. Um, this is gonna be a really quiet episode because it is currently eleven oh five PM. Um this episode's most likely gonna be on the shorter side. Um, as well as I didn't know if I was even gonna have this recorded in time. Um, uh, because I am currently uh working on a production right now. So, I, I don't have any time. I have very little time to do anything on offset. So, hello. I'm very tired. But uh, your favorite sound boy is doing very good. You know, I'm, you know, sound boy so good that they don't even... They don't even get notes or corrections because they just, their director and, and producer trusts them. So, you know, you're doing good. Anyways, I'm looking at myself in the camera and I am, I'm definitely tired. My cheeks and my nose are very red and the rest of my face is extremely pale. I need sleep. Um... Anyways, I digress. That's the only interesting that's happened today. Um, do I have had the Caillou theme song stuck in my head all day because there is a dog at work named Caillou, and I made a TikTok of of him walking around with with the Caillou theme song playing. So I've had it stuck in my head all day. Um, yes. Uh. If you're interested in what I'm working on, uh, it, it is a, a short film, a student short film, but it is directed uh, by Michael Grossman, who uh, works primarily in television. Um, yeah, he's pretty cool. He's pretty, pretty, pretty cool guy. Pretty cool guy. I, you know, I feel grateful to work with him, and I, I feel really grateful that he trusts me enough to not like be on my ass about whether or not. <laughs> I got good audio, because uh, he, yeah, I, I was nervous about not getting many notes today, and then I later realized that's actually a good thing, like, I, that they trust me enough to not be on my ass and be like, hey, is it actually coming out good? So, yeah, um, um, yeah, as of now, I'm only really posting on my Instagram story about it just because I guess all I really have time for is a quick little thing but I'll probably put a photo dump up at the end of this week or something I don't know but uh if you want constant updates you can follow uh 4381 productions on Instagram you know might you might you might see a familiar face I don't know but I mean you can keep up to date on the film itself there um, yeah, uh, who's texting me? Uh, anyways, so today we are doing our monthly review of this movie I've been wanting to review for a while, like a hot, hot minute, and I was not able to because it just kept getting pushed back for, uh, not even because of pandemic reasons I learned, it got pushed back because of campaign reasons, and that kind of annoys me kind of makes me mad 
uh, but seeing who the knowing who the director is, I'm, I'm like not the least bit surprised. Uh, which is funny because this director's movies um, are very much in line with like hair, makeup, and costume, and maybe production design. So I'm like, why? Why was it so important that they kept pushing this movie back for awards? If you know. It, like, it wouldn't have made a difference, to be honest. But anyways, that movie, if you haven't read the title of that movie, is Cyrano. Uh, Cyrano is a 2021 musical romantic drama film directed by Joe Wright um, with a screenplay by Erica Schmidt um, based on Schmidt's 2018 stage musical of the same name itself is based on the 1897 Edmund Rostand no, no, Edmund Rostand, uh, play Cyrano de Bergerac. Um, yeah, Joe Wright, uh, is the director most known for, uh, 2005's Pride and Prejudice, 2007's Atonement, uh, 2011's Hannah, uh, 2015 Pan, uh, 2017, The Darkest Hour, not The Darkest, which is Darkest Hour, the one that got, uh, Gary Oldman the, the Oscar, because he was unrecognizable under all that prosthetics, which I don't think somebody deserves an acting award just because the makeup team did a good job. I don't understand that at all. Um, but anyway, oh, no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I am very upset at what I just learned about Joe Ray. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, um, I'm going to bring it up in a minute because this person is in the movie. Uh, they, well, he, he's in a relationship with Haley Bennett, who's in the movie, and I really like her. And I don't really care for him. So seeing that they're together, I'm, ugh. Now I'm sad because I really, I really like Haley Bennett, but that's... I don't I did not need to know that. I didn't want to know that. Anyways. So yeah, screenplay. Directed by Joe Ray. Screenplay, Erica Schmidt. Uh, based on Erica Schmidt's musical adaptation of Cyrano de Bergerac by Edmund Rostand. Uh, it's produced by Tim Bevan, Eric Fellner, and Guy Healy. Cinematography by Seamus McGarvey. Edited by Valerio Bonelli. Music by Aaron Dessner and Bryce Dessner. Uh, it was produced by MGM, Braun Creative, and Working Title Films. Who owns Braun? I don't know. Who owns it? Who owns it? Oh, no, I don't know. I don't know. So, I learned, you know, some of these production companies are owned by, you know, really famous people. Um, like Plan B is owned by Brad Pitt. Uh, anyways, uh, distributed by uh, United Artists Releasing and Universal Pictures. Uh, released at Telluride Film Festival um, on September 2nd, 2021. And uh, had its wide release in the US and UK on February 25th, 2022. Uh, it is 124 minutes. The budget was $30 million and the box office is a big oof with... 4.9 million. So, yes, getting to the plot. 
a beautiful but penniless orphan, Roxanne. I will say you honestly cannot tell that she is a penniless orphan. They briefly talk about her not having money and that she's an orphan. But uh, the way that she's dressed and where she lives, you could easily, if they took those lines out, you'd be like, oh, she comes from money. Like, she looks rich. She does not look like a penniless orphan from this time period, from the 19th century. Like, inaccurate as fuck. Inaccurate time period. Anyways, uh, beautiful penniless orphan Roxanne goes to the theater with the foppish Duke de Guiche. Guiche? Guiche? I don't know how to pronounce the name. Uh, who is in love with her and determined to marry her. Roxanne states her desire to marry for love and will take near her seat. She and newly recruited soldier Christian de, de Nouvellet see each other and are instantly infatuated with one another. As the play begins, uh, Roxanne's childhood friend, the dwarven Cyrano de Bergerac, objects to the lead actor and chases him off the stage with rhyming insults. Then duels a man who calls him a freak for his condition. Roxanne meets privately with Cyrano, who she fall fails to realize is desperately in love with her. She tells him uh, she's fallen in love with a Christian at first sight and asks him to arrange a meeting. Though heartbroken, Cyrano meets Christian and discovers he is inarticulate and incapable of expressing his feelings. Not wanting to disappoint Roxanne, he writes countless letters expressing his own deep feelings for of love for her, which Christian delivers as his own writing. When Christian and Roxanne finally meet in person, he is unable to match the power of Cyrano's words, which caused her to fall in love with Christian, and he inadvertently insults her. Roxanne declares she needs more than uh, simple platitudes and storms off. Later, Cyrano helps Christian make amends by hiding in the shadows and whispering what to say to Roxanne. She forgives him as a letter from De Guiche arrives with a priest declaring that he is coming to either marry her or have his way with her. Roxanne and Christian hastily marry and De Guiche, infuriated, arranges for Christian and Cyrano's unit to be sent to the front. While at war, Cyrano sends Roxanne a letter from Christian every day and risks his own life to keep Christian alive for Roxanne. Degwish eventually sends their unit on a suicide mission, and Cyrano reveals he has already written a final letter to Roxanne. Christian sees the letter is stained with tears and realizes Cyrano loves Roxanne and that the man Roxanne really loves is Cyrano. He runs out to meet the enemy's guns and is killed. Three years later, Cyrano is impoverished and in ill health from war wounds that never fully healed. Roxanne remains his close friend. Sensing he is about to die, Cyrano meets with Roxanne and asks for Christian's final letter. He recites it from memory, revealing that all of Christian's letters were from him, and Roxanne declares her love for Cyrano before he dies peacefully. Uh, so the cast uh, stars Peter Dinklage as Cyrano de Bergerac, Haley Bennett as Roxanne, Kelvin Harrison Jr. as Christian de Nouvellet, Ben Mendelsohn as de Guiche, Bashir Salahuddin, oh my God, uh, Bashir Salahuddin as Lebret, uh, Monica Dolan as Marie, Roxanne's attendant, Joshua James as Valver, Ray Strachan as Lorray, Glenn Hansard, Sam Amudon, and Scott Follen appear as a singing singing trio of guards, uh, credited respectfully as Guard One, Two, and Three. Uh, it was announced in August 2020, 
it was announced in August 2020 that Metro Goldwyn Mayer had acquired the rights to the film, which was written by Erica Schmidt, based on her stage musical Cyrano. The film was produced by Working Title Films, and Joe Wright was set to direct. Peter Dinklage and Haley Bennett will reprise their roles from the stage musical. Oh, I didn't know they were in the stage musical. Uh, with Ben Mendelsohn and Brian Tyree Henry also cast. Kelvin, Kelvin Harrison Jr. joined the cast in September 2020. Uh, Bashir Salahuddin later joined the cast to replace Henry. Uh, music for the film was written by members of The National, who also wrote the music and lyrics for the stage musical. Principal photography began in Sicily in October 2020 during the COVID-19 pandemic in Italy. All of the vocal performances for the musical numbers were recorded live on set. Oh, that explains so much. That explains so fucking much. Uh, the musical numbers uh, are someone to say, when I was born, madly, your name, someone to say, reprise, every letter, I need more, overcome, what I deserve, close my eyes, Wherever I Fall, No Cyrano, and Somebody Desperate. The film had its world premiere at the Telluride Film Festival on September 2nd, 2021. By the end of its festival run, it screened at the Hamptons, Mill Valley, Rome, and Savannah. The film was widely theatrically released in the United States and the United Kingdom on February 25th, 2022. Uh, the film was originally scheduled for a limited theatrical release in the U.S. on December 25th, 2021 but the release date was then moved to December 31st. In November 2021, the film's release plans were changed by United Artists re releasing in an effort to better position itself for Academy Awards qualification and contention. It had an exclusive one-week theatrical run in Los Angeles on December 17th, prior to a planned limited theatrical re release on January 1st, 2022, before expanding its subsequent weeks, which is why I was originally going to review this last month but didn't get to and i'll get uh, so the reason i wasn't able to get to it last week is because the release date in the u.s was shifted to a limited release on january 28th before opening wide on february 11th it was shifted again to a solely wide release on february 25th without a limited release on the same date as its release in the uk the UK release was originally scheduled for release on January 14th, but was postponed by Universal Pictures as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic response. The film was released on streaming uh, March 9th, 2022, and will be released on Blu-ray and DVD on April 19th, 2022 by Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. Uh, as of March 13th, uh, Cyrano has grossed $3.3 million in the U.S., Canada, and $1.6 million in other territories for worldwide total of 4.9 million in the united states and canada Cyrano was released alongside studio 666 it was projected to gross two to five million uh from 797 theaters in its opening week and that's terrible numbers that is terrible projected numbers for that many theaters uh the film earned 1.4 its opening weekend finishing ninth at the box office it made well six hundred thousand second weekend finishing eighth uh, film dropped out of the box office top 10 its third weekend uh, and outside the US and Canada earned 1.04 million from 10 international markets opening weekend on Rotten Tomatoes uh, it has 85% uh, with an average rating of 7.2 out of 10 the website's consensus reads quote uneven yet ultimately hard to resist 
Joe writes, Cyrano puts a well-acted musical spin on the oft-adapted classic tale, end quote. Metacritic uh, signed the film a score of 66 out of 100, indicating generally favorable reviews. Uh, accolades. Uh, at the Detroit Film Critics Society, the film won Best Actor for Peter Dinklage and Best Film, and was also nominated for Best Use of Music. Uh, the Washington, D.C. Area Film Critics Association, it was nominated for Best Score. At the Golden Globe Awards, it was nominated for Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. And Peter Dinklage was nominated for Best Actor, Motion Picture, Comedy, or Musical. Uh, the Hollywood Critics Association, it has pending nominations for Best Comedy Musical Film, Best Actor for Peter Dinklage, Best Original Song for Every Letter. Oh, and that's it. Um, at the Costume Designer Designers Guild Awards, it has a pending nomination uh, for Excellence in Period Film. At the Critics' Choice Awards, there is a pending nomination for Best Actor for Peter Dinklage. At the BAFTAs, it was nominated for Outstanding British Film, Best Costume Design, Best Makeup and Hair, and Best Production Design. At the Satellite Awards, it has pending nominations for Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy, Best Actor for Peter Dinklage, and Best Costume Design. And at the Academy Awards, it has a pending nomination for Best Costume Design. Pretty relatively short. Um, Wikipedia page. Not, there weren't any like actual reviews for me to read. Which means we are going to Letterboxd. But uh, my personal opinions, this movie was very much just okay. Um, I didn't want it to be just okay. I had high hopes for it because the trailer was really fucking good. Like, I don't... If you, if you have gone to the theater at any point in the last, like, two to three months, you've probably seen the trailer for this film. It's incredible. It's a really, really good, like, well-edited trailer. It's amazing. The movie, not so much. It's it's insane. It's I've never seen it where the the trailers that much better than the movie. Normally, it's the other way around. It's I've never. I'm sure it's not, this obviously can't be the first time this happened, but it's the first time that I'm remembering this happened, where the trailer was, like, phenomenal, and I thought this was going to be, like, a four and a half star film, and it, it was very much just okay. Uh, the primary issue I had with it wasn't even acting or anything, it was, like, the thing I don't like about Joe Wright is I feel like because he's so popular for that, you know, Kara Knightley type period film, you know, it's like a Tellman of Pride and Prejudice, is he has almost become a hack for the period film in that way. And that he, he wants to, you know, I mean, I would say The Darkest Hour is like, you know, a step away from that hack, but it's still a period film um, that he made to get awards. He is very much a filmmaker who who makes films to get awards. And that is the primary reason I don't like him. I, I can't stand somebody who works in this industry for accolades and, and makes films to, to better their chances of winning accolades because it's, it's not about that. It really isn't. 
You know, it's, I have a hard time respecting people who aren't actually passionate about, about making the film. And I'm sure he is passionate to an extent, but like, it's so obvious that he's just feeding into this hack because it's gotten him nominations in the past and it's gotten people that he's worked with awards in the past. And so he's just dug into it and I can't stand it. It's another, it's, it's a reason I don't like, it's the exact same reason that I don't like Adam McKay. I can't stand Adam McKay. I, I really cannot. He is an even worse hack than Joe Wright. I'm not even going to lie. Um, yeah, that's my primary issue with it. My other issue is uh, with the music. Absolutely with the music. But also, I... I'm kind of tired of these types of stories. And, like, I have a massive amount of respect for Peter Dinklage. I I fucking love him. And I love the passion he has for this story and for this character. It's, you know, obviously very, you know, part of his activism, you know, because he, he you know, has dwarfism. And I re- highly respect that. My issue is that, like, it's it just seems like one of the savior stories of, like, Oh, I'm too, it's it's very much a hunchback of Notre Dame type thing, and I don't. It's it's a savior story. It's like oh, pretty person. It's like oh, maybe I can love you despite your. Despite your disability, it's. I don't like it. I really don't. It's yikes to me. Um, you know, and then you know, I brought up the whole you know. Roxanne is a penniless orphan, but she doesn't look like it or act like it. Like, they bring that up once at the beginning of the film, and that's about it. After that, she she's in these very elegant, you know, grand dresses that look so fucking expensive. And I'm like, if you... So, so, so you're not a Bergerac, the actual man... Uh, he's a real person, was a real person, um, lived, uh, in the 17th century, um, I don't know if y'all know anything about 17th century Paris, or 17th century France, penniless people, people who did not have money, people who were living in poverty, did not dress elegantly like that. I, 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 that's, it's like, it's a given, like, we all know that, so, yeah, I don't know, but it's, I think it's just, I should Joe Wright trying to play into his, oh, he has such good costumes for period pieces, but it's like, no, you're ruining the character's integrity, um, anyways, yeah, that, yeah, I have an issue with that. Um, I like the set design, I'm not gonna lie, I did like it, it was, you know, it's a musical, the set design felt very, um, it felt theatrical, which was cool, it was fine, I, I'm not opposed to theatrical looking, um, set pieces, um, cause if you'll, I mean, if you'll listen to my, you know, movies that made me gay episode last year, um, 
I, I fucking love Baz Luhrmann. You know, I love a good set design that is theatrical in nature. Um, yeah, it, but another issue, this is something that drove me crazy the entire film. And me learning that they recorded the music live explained that issue. Um, but the fact that they didn't pick up on the issue, that they didn't try to fix it in post is where it's getting to me because this issue isn't even with the actors it's with whoever edited it whoever worked audio whoever worked audio whoever scored the film whoever anyone who was in charge literally anyone who listened to the audio files during editing what the fuck were you doing because it's i thought i was going crazy i really did i thought i was going crazy because it did not match, well, first of all, the music did not match the pacing of the film itself, of the acting and, you know, the camera and the cuts did not, they did not go together. The score, the music, the musical numbers did not go with the rest of the movie. They didn't match. They didn't fit together. You know, the editing, the cinematography, you know, those, those were done together. Those were done well together. The music was on a whole different fucking, like, wavelength. And it wasn't like, oh, you know, I was watching and it was lagging. No. Because the diet, it was synced up. It was perfectly synced up. They just, they were on different beats. Different timing. Different pacing. And it really takes you out of the film. Like... For for you know if one if one of those major components of a film is off the whole film is off. And the music was on such a different you know path, on such a different timing than the rest of the film, that it messes with you. Like it literally, I thought I was going crazy. Then the other issue, which you know, learning that the music was recorded live, this explained it is that, um, it. It's a lot of it's very much off tempo, very much off beat. The actors and it hearing that it was recorded live explains it in a way because now the way I'm thinking it, when they were playing the music to the actors while they were recording, while they were filming, shooting, I'm sure, you know, there's a lag, you know, in how long it takes the sound to get out of speakers or wherever it's coming from, most likely speakers, from the speakers to the actors from that distance. So that explains that the singing is very off-tempo. And at this point now, I don't blame the actors for it um, because it was recorded live. They had they had plenty, you know, they had all of post-production, all of post-production to notice it. And I don't know if they just didn't notice it or if they just ignored it. I don't know. I don't know how you miss something that far off tempo. Like, and it was, it was only half, half a beat, like not even a full beat off tempo, half a beat. And that's why it fucks with you because it's, you know, half a beat 
is noticeable in the way that it like it you feel like you're having an aneurysm almost if you know what i mean like there is there's a um there's there's a youtube video that's like all star but it's half a beat off tempo if you listen to that you're gonna think you're losing your mind that's what this movie is like that's what the musical numbers in this movie are like and it sucks it really 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 fucking sucks because some of these musical numbers are incredible. They are, they have so much potential. And if the timing, if the actual orchestral music, you know, if if the if the instrumental, the beat of the instrumental had been matched up with the vocals and then if that had then been matched up with the uh um with the pacing of the film itself, it would have been, it would have hit different. It would have been on a whole other level. It would have been just spectacular. It would have given you chills. But you don't get that. Because the music, the music is off pacing with the film, with you know, the editing and the footage. And then the vocals and the instrumental are half a beat off from each other. You know, I'm not perfectly musically inclined, but I have rhythm. I have been trained in music well enough that I can tell when something is off. And it was the first thing I noticed watching this movie. And it disturbed me so deeply because, like, if it had been right, if it had been done right, it would have hit different. Because these songs are just, they're incredible. The lyrics, the lyrics are insane like like Erica Schmidt's writing of these songs is just so beautiful. It's incredible. Like if it had been done right, it would have made you cry. But it wasn't. And I'm not blaming her. I'm not blaming, you know, the actors. It's whoever edited it. It's whoever reviewed the footage. It's on Joe Wright for listening to that. I'm just going to go ahead and say Joe Wright does not have rhythm because how the fuck did he not notice that? Why did no one tell him that? Did why, How did no one tell him that? I like, I can't. I can't. I can't. I just don't. I'm having a, like, I, I really, this has driven me nuts for days since I watched this movie because I don't understand how it got this bad. I don't know how they let it get that bad. I really, really don't. It, like, it's, it's, it's a mystery to me. It really is. This, this had so much potential if it had been done right. But it wasn't. You know, I'm not gonna, you know, I don't know what went down on set. I don't know what went down on post-production. But, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't, it's purely speculation. I don't know if they, like, compromise the integrity of the rest of the film itself for the nominations on, you know, hair, makeup, costume, and, you know, Peter Dinklage. But if that's the case, if that's the case, again, purely speculation, that's fucked up. You know, like, why would you, why would you, you know, compromise the integrity of the film? just so that one department can get nominated or, you know, one or two departments. It's, 
it's infuriating. I'm I'm so upset about it. Um, and I really wanted to like this movie. I was very excited to watch this. I was so excited to watch this because the trailer was phenomenal. Whoever edited the trailer, thank you. You did a wonderful job. Uh, it's a shame that you didn't edit the actual film. And if I find out that it is the same person, I'm not going to look it up. But if, if I learn that it is the same person, then I'm going to be even more confused. And I'm probably, probably going to purposely burst my eardrums and go deaf. I, like, I, I can, I, like, I just, I, I thought I was losing my mind. And I know I'm not, I know I'm not because like sound is my thing. The beginning of this very episode, I was joking about how much, like, y'all know, I talk about this all the time. I'm very passionate about sound. You know, if something's off, I know it very, very quickly. I, I, I know my ears were not failing me. There's no way. But anyways, yeah, so my letterbox review, I gave it three and a half. Not a three and a half. I gave it three peaches out of five. Three, because of the potential it had and how much I wanted to like it, but realistically speaking, I should, probably should have given it less, but I really wanted to like it. My review reads, um, I normally would go apeshit over a film like this, but something about the tempo wasn't right in a lot of the musical numbers. I'm not perfectly musically inclined, but I'm educated enough to know that the lyrics fell off beat a lot and that the tempo of the score didn't match the pacing of the scenes. That alone threw me out. I couldn't fully feel the emotions that were being displayed because the timing was so far off. Uh, and then I'm going to find find some more reviews. Let me find some more reviews. Um, yeah, uh, here's a four-star review from Lily. Their review reads, uh, Shout out to Joe Wright, period pieces about yearning. Gotta be one of my favorite genders. They probably meant genres, end quote. I'm pretty sure they meant genres, not genders. Um, but that's what I'm talking about. You know, the people who eat this shit up from Joe Wright. That's his thing. That's his hack. And I don't, I don't like hacks. You know, if you have a thing and you're good at it, that's one, you know, like Scorsese, but also Scorsese has range, you know, he does a lot of mob films. Yes, he does. He does a lot of fucking mob films, but he has range. He can do others. He, he did a fucking children's film and got nominated for an Oscar still. You know, he's not a one-trick pony. Joe Wright is a one-trick pony. I said what I said. Uh, let me find another one. Another high review that's uh, legit. That isn't just a... Not just a Slay King type review. Because um, I like those reviews, yes, but uh, it's not what I need. It's not what I want. Um, okay, here's one. A five-star review from Gemma, who is, is his crew. Oh, they probably work for Letterboxd or something. I don't know. Uh, it reads, quote, If heaven is where you fall, I've fallen for this film. More later, if Cyrano will agree to write my review for me. Update, chatted with Joe Wright and friends and read him a few choice Letterboxd reviews on behalf of those of us who adore this not musical, end quote. It is a musical. What the fuck? There's bias behind this one now, so I, I don't... You spoke with him, so that means you probably signed an NDA. Um, let me find another one, because I don't, I don't want to read any of that shit. 
that's like, I spoke with him on the press tour, and I think he's a, he's a great guy. Because that just reads, I signed an NDA. Um, yeah. What else? What else? What else? What else can I find? Uh, three and a half stars from Alex reads, quote, as an adaptation, Joe writes, Cyrano is decent enough, but it has its issues. Peter Dinklage is fucking excellent as Cyrano. Agree. Hard agree. Uh, sharp wit, clever swordplay, and beautiful wordplay escape from his performance. Haley Bennett is pleasant to watch from her beauty and performance as well. The songs are not memorable, nor strong, but adequate aside from wherever I fall. Technically, it's well-executed, lovely production slash costume design, and the cinematography impresses. The cinematography during the reprise of uh, Someone to Say is insane. It's amazing. It's really good, and so is the choreography. I, I like it. It really is. Um, like there are parts of it that are actually really, really good, but um, the the places where it falls short are are in in editing, in post, and if anything goes wrong in post production, it easily ruins the entire fucking film. Um, yeah, I really like Haley Bennett. That breaks my heart. I learned um, so she's yeah she's uh, in a relationship with Joe right, and they have a kid. So that's what I learned at the beginning of the episode that I was like, no, 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 no. Like uh, saying no, like the lady from possibly Michigan. Yeah, okay. Here's a four and a half star review from Calvin Law. Reads, uh, Valentine's preview screening. This film got massively fucked over by distribution. What a beauty on the big screen, though. In particular, the final scene closing up on Dinklage and Bennett's faces is truly, truly moving magic. This film is such a special gift to the world. End quote. I, this, this would be my review if it had been done right. I'm going to keep saying that. This review is very much a, it could have. Um, it did get fucked over by distribution because it, the the trailer was everywhere. If you went to the theater within the last two to three months, you saw the fucking trailer. So it's a shame not, you know, more people. I'm like, I was surprised it, more people weren't trying to see it. Um, yeah, okay, here's, here's a lower review. Two stars from Pratik Sharma. It reads, quote, I feel terrible for Pink Peter Dinklage in this film. It looks like he gave it his all in this film, but I'm afraid he chose the wrong film to put out his heart and soul. Joe Wright's strong suit is romantic peace drama, but this is such a weak and I must say unnecessary adaptation of a play which seems too predictable and too boring. I agree. Uh, never for a second I thought I'm watching a period piece. It felt too staged. Starting 20 minutes were quite promising, but after that it went all downhill. It's sad that the actor of such caliber uh, as Dinklage isn't getting great work past Game of Thrones, which is a shame. Also, the casting, editing, and cinematography is terrible. Production design is okayish, but the casting of actors who never had the period accent or particular body language didn't help the film. Also, the musical numbers are forgettable. Sorry for my rant because I went with some expectations, but wow, this film was forgettable. Dinklage, take a bow for still giving your best. 
Also, Hollywood stopped milking unnecessary musical projects. You don't know how to make good ones. Two stars for only Peter Dinklage. And you know what? I agree with that. Maybe that's why I gave it three stars. I really don't know why I gave it three stars. And I think maybe I did because of Peter Dinklage. Because he, he gives it his all no matter what he's doing. He always he always gives 150% in his films. And that's why I love him. That's why he's one of the best actors. One of the best living actors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's another two-star review from Sophie. Uh, it's two and a half stars. It reads, quote, This did not need to be a musical, but alas, it was, and it threw everything off. Also probably one of the tackiest period pieces I've ever seen. I agree. P Dinklage was fantastic in this. I'm shocked they gave the Oscar nom to Bardem instead of Dinklage. Me too. Uh, I'm mixed on this one, but overall was entertaining. My mom cried during the last 15 minutes of the film, but I kept asking myself, why are they singing? End quote. Yeah, a lot of older moms are... Yeah, it's definitely one of those movies where a lot of older women are going to cry. Um, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, okay, here we go. A uh, two-star review from Kevin Yang reads, quote, Sorry, but you can't hire a band that has spent two decades honing their fairly distinct sound to write songs that sound exactly the same as the rest of their music and then have random actors sing it in a period piece as if it isn't super fucking weird, end quote. I agree. Um, yeah, I kind of want to keep doing this, but I'm not going to because I already read, I don't even know how many reviews, like six or something. I don't know. Too many. Um, so I'm going to stop there. But yeah, I did not like this movie. I think the only reason I gave it three stars is because of Peter Dinklage and Haley Bennett. Um, if you like Haley Bennett, I highly recommend Swallow. It's a really, really, really fucking good movie with her in it. Um, if you like Peter Dinklage, watch literally anything he's in. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I'm going to end it because otherwise I'm just going to talk in circles about how disappointed I was in this film. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't recommend it. Um, but you can follow me everywhere at Lucky Peach, L-V-C-K-Y Peach. Uh, in the description of the episode, there is a link tree, LTEC Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Letterboxd, Twitch, TikTok, I already said TikTok. YouTube, the Discord for the podcast, stickers, um, something else. I'm always forgetting something. Uh, as well as there is a link to the Discord in the description of the episode and a link to the stickers in the description. Uh, the website for the stickers is ko-fi.com forward slash the luckiest peach. But the link will, of course, be in the description of the episode. Uh, as well as links for or a link for how you can support Ukraine. Uh, yeah, next week will be a, another review from a film that is in my personal Blu-ray collection. Uh, I will be reviewing uh, Legend from 1985. So very excited, very excited to watch that movie. Uh, thank you. To my patrons at patreon.com slash luckypeach. That link will also be in the description to join Patreon. Um, yeah. I will see you guys next week. Sorry for the extra quietness. It is late and I'm tired. 
Um, but I will see you next week when I'm fully rested and done shooting this film. Thank you again. Stay peachy.